Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These are the Casey Tapes. You, man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Casey, the longest-running rock station in the country. Hey, it's podcast time again. It's time for the Casey Tapes. I'm John Hewlett with my partner, Favaz. Hi, Johnny. How you doing, buddy? All right. Um, we want to go with a guy today who is no longer with us, but who left a fantastic uh, legacy of lead singing rock and roll uh, talent and skill and, and music behind. And that's Ronnie James Dio. What a voice. Tremendous voice. Yeah. Uh, I think when you think of metal singers, he's got to be number one. In your head. Man, he's got to be. If he's not number one, I mean, he's he's right up near there. And you stop and you think about all the groups that he's recorded with, including Black Sabbath and uh, Rainbow and Heaven and Hell. Mm-hmm. And he also does the lead vocals on uh, a Casey Classic uh, album that uh, Carrie Livgren of Kansas put uh, out. The Mask of the Great Deceiver. Yeah. How God, great I forgot it, about that. Isn't that a great it song? It is a great song. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, he's been one of our favorites here for a long time. And. Favaz got a chance to interview him. Yeah, and um, I, I think this was in 2007 when Heaven and Hell were going to uh, uh, reunite and tour. And that also happened to be the tour where we just did Geezer Butler of Black Sabbath. That's where I did my Geezer interview on that tour. This was beforehand, and he's with the drummer Vinny a piece, I call him. Some people say, pronounce his name Apice, so you'll hear him on here too. Uh, but to talk to Ronnie James Dio was a big deal. I mean, we just had the anniversary of his death just about a month or so ago, yeah. and uh, he died of stomach cancer. And uh, everybody says, you know, he was a great guy. I saw him one time at Pops, and really? it was yeah. it was great. I, mean, I I remembered my vantage point of, of where I was and seeing him and it was just really, really cool. So to talk to him was neat. And another one of those rock and roll guys whose voice was much bigger than he was in person. He yeah. was a tiny guy. Tiny dude. Yeah. Yeah. And just could belt it out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Loved uh, everything that he does, really. So let's go to the interview. Okay. And it's Favaz, Ronnie James Dio, and Vinny Apice. Or Apice. Well. However you want to say it. Yeah. Hey, it's Favaz. We've got uh, Ronnie James Dio and Vinny Apice from Heaven and Hell. Hey, guys. How are you today? Good, good. How are you? All right. Uh, I was really excited to talk to both of you. This project uh, called Heaven and Hell, but really the Black Sabbath, the D.O. years, the record that's coming out. I don't know where to begin. Ronnie, with you, maybe. How did uh, this whole configuration get back together? It started with um, uh, the Rhino guys asking us to uh, write a couple songs, new songs, for this album that's being released, uh, Black Sabbath, the D.O. years. Uh, once we decided to do that, but we decided to do it because it made sense. Otherwise, you really would have gotten a lot of, you know, rehashed things. Wouldn't you have thought Ronnie James Dio would have been an England an Englander? But he's not. He's yeah. a Northeasterner. Yeah, yeah. I know. But you, you figure everybody that he's played with, the big has Sabbath and Rainbow. Yeah, yeah. Has that? Uh, I bet he does a good uh, British accent, though. Probably so. Yeah, or he did. Yeah. yeah. Things from albums we've already done and a couple live tracks that probably certainly wouldn't be better than what we've done. Uh, so we agreed to do it because we wanted to get value for money on this one. And uh, we began by writing, attempting to write two songs. That went so quickly, we decided to write three. 
And um, there are the songs that we're going to be talking about here, An Ear in the Wall, Shadow of the Wind, and The Devil Cry, which is one I think you have in its entirety at the moment. Uh, so that, that's how it all came about, and that's how it started all this. After it went so well with the writing, we thought it might be a good idea to, to tour behind this particular product. And uh, everyone was chomping at the bit to play some of the songs we you know, have done and written and recorded over the last 25 years. Dio is one of those guys where when I think of... Uh you know, like Casey uh, uh, classic stuff. You know the the, the the you know the, the our former uh, uh, commercial director Mike Duran always wanted to make that one Casey classic sweep where he goes and the devil lashed out and did the blah 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 and have the and have the, you know uh, background noises and, and the evil that. serpents did yes. go to the center of the earth and they emerged with the evil blood sucking uh, yeah that's yeah kind of- I think a Dio. <laughs> He was into that stuff. Yeah, he's like a shadow of the wind. <laughs> we, we recorded three songs, Shadow of the Wind and the yeah. Earth of the Sun. He could present the mysterious in a very <laughs> dramatic and powerful fashion. And this was our opportunity, so we took it. Ronnie, uh, you know, the uh, the Dio Years comes out uh, on April 3rd. 16 songs, the three new ones you were talking about, but the old ones are like Neon Nights, Lady Evil, Heaven and Hell, Die Young. Uh, when you got back together with Tony and, and Geezer, uh, was it as easy to write with them as it was like 27 years ago? Um, well, well, Tony and I wrote the songs. No, okay. Geezer wasn't involved at okay. that point. He hadn't committed to the project at that point. Oh, so. okay. You know, as I say, the initial idea of this was only to write the songs, not to tour. So once the songs were written, then came the idea of perhaps let's tour, and then Geezer was included in that. Now, in the old days, of course, Geezer wrote, but but this I can only talk about it now because it was only you know this way because Tony and I wrote these. Um, and the question again was, guy, is it still was it easy to write with Tony as it was? Yeah. Oh, it was just it was just so so simple. I mean, we we have a great rapport. Uh, we know what kind of songs we want to write. We don't want them to be wimpy in, in any way, shape, or form. We think the same. Um, he likes the way I, I I move things around melodically and musically, which you know gives him more ideas and allows him to be a little bit more passionate about the things he's playing. Uh, so it, it was instant. It was just really instant. It, it always has been with us. We, trying to think off the top of my head, if Ronnie James Dio ever did anything that was mellow. <laughs> Soft. I don't know. You know, I've never heard his first band. You remember his first band's name? His no. very f- Elf. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Elf. I've Elf. never heard a, 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 a song from them. I don't know what they're like. Yeah, I remember Casey playing Elf. I don't. Do have, you really? Yeah, but I, I don't have a Casey classic from Elf. And there's one song that I do kind of remember us playing. I'd have to look it up. Elf. Uh, shoot. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you know his real name? Ronnie James Dio's real name? Ronnie James Dio's real name, uh, I don't. Ronald James Padavona. Uh, yes. That's his name. <clears throat> Just for little trivia. So, Use- useless trivia. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, we'll have to check on that elf thing, though. We're sometimes able to write songs in five minutes, and they turn out to be great songs. All right, we're talking to Ronnie James Dio and Vinny Apice from Heaven and Hell. And Vinny, you came on board, uh, I think that what I was reading in the beginning, that Bill Ward was going to be a part of it, and then he decided not to. And uh, can you tell us how you uh, how you jumped in? Well, I got my Uncle Vito in New York to contact Bill. <laughs> Bill, yeah. this is not time. <laughs> now, Bill was involved initially, and uh, I guess uh, Bill didn't want to really do the whole tour and his it's going to be a long tour. It's going to, to be pretty much the whole year. Right. And uh, so they, everybody decided, well, you know, the next step, let's get Vinny. Let's call Vinny, see 
what's going on, and uh, that's the next logical step. So I received a call from um, Ronnie's manager, Wendy Dio, and she asked me if I wanted to be involved, and I said, sure, absolutely. So next day I was on a plane over to England to uh, put drums on these three new tracks. Wendy Dio, that's his wife? And yes. his manager. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that or not. And, and she, yeah, I did. And she still runs the estate yes, right now. She does, and is involved in putting some of these things together. The uh, the Ronnie James Dio uh, 3D uh, tour. Uh, what do you call it? The uh, oh, uh, the uh, hologram. The hologram thing yeah. apparently is is going to happen, and the technology's gotten better just in the time they've been talking about it. That's a weird man. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I'd, I'd like to see it though. I would I would go see something like did that. Did I see? Did I? Did they show part of it uh, when it when it originally started a couple of years ago? I don't I don't remember, but. It's kind of weird to see him and not to see him, you know. Yeah. And Vinny, tell me, tell tell everybody that may not be familiar with you per se. They know your name and they know Carmine a piece, but tell me, uh, tell tell everybody uh, who else you have drummed with. I played with Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The obvious. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, and I got a new project now. It's called Three Legged Dog, and then I played it just mainly with Dio and Black Sabbath. I did a little thing with John Lennon when I was young and when I started career. Played with Rick Derringer, a band called Axis, and uh, oh, right on. the main uh, bulk of it was Black Sabbath and Dio. John Lennon. Big time drummer. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, you look at Dio and who he's played with, this guy has drummed with everybody, too. Yeah. John Lennon. My goodness. Hmm. You know, I'll, I'll never forget, Ronnie, the uh, black and blue, uh, going to see that movie, the black and blue tour. I don't know if it was called that, but they showed Black Sabbath and Blue Oyster Cult mm-hmm. on the same screen. What, do, you, do you remember the, I mean, did you, did you guys tour actually back in those days under that? We did, and I remember yeah. every single step of, the, of it along the way, <laughs> because it was it was just really kind of a nightmare. Was it really? Why? Well, it wasn't quite so bad between the, the two bands, but the the two road crews absolutely hated each other. Now, now, why now why does that happen? Oh, well, you know, it just happens to be one of those things that you know you get a group of people together who have pride in in you know it's kind of like the Yankees and the Red Sox kind of thing. I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, we this is our team, and that's your team, and our team's better than your team. Well, of course, we knew we were better than their team anyway, so that wasn't a problem. Um, but it, we were managed by the same person. Uh, which made it, you know, a little, kind of a little like bit conflict of interest. Yeah, conflict uh, of interest, really. And, I, and at the end of the day, uh, the film that you see recorded was one done in Madison Square Garden. Right. And that was, uh, um, we, we would do things like uh, if we played in Chicago, if we were bigger in Chicago than they were, then they would open and et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, I don't see how we could have any, been any, not bigger every place, but, you know, right. we had to play this political game, which we did, and we finally got to Madison Square Garden. And our we had a, a cross that had been in our possession for a long, long time. In fact, it was even during the Aussie days that used to hang up behind our right. drums. And that got conveniently lost before our uh, New oh, York. Oh, wow. And uh, then as we went to Gotham <laughs> Madison Square Garden, and before the sh- we didn't realize that the show was going, to be, uh, was going to be on film until, I think, the day before they told us they were going to film it. Oh. And then we realized that we had nothing, no special effects whatsoever, and we had to open the show as well. And they had, oh, uh, uh, you know, Godzilla. they had, yeah, Godzilla. Right, right, that's right. Pyro. They, had, uh, they interspersed it with a film, with a video that they had made especially for it. And, and our show started this way. We came out after our intro, 
and I have to start singing right away when everything happens. And I put my mouth to the microphone. There was nothing there. I took the mic and threw it up high up in the air as I possibly could because I was none of us were happy about our treatment anyway. Sure. And uh, if you watch the film, you'll hear before I sing. You'll hear this great big loud clunk where they decided <laughs> to turn the mic on while it was at, you know was doing its gravity pull down. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's well, great. That set everything up for you know for for all that nightmare thing. But uh, you know the film did well, and uh, as you suggested, it's been you know released in. In theaters, uh, but it was it was a it was a real conflict. It really was. <laughs> was do you remember that film? No. So I remember going to the movie theater to see it. I mean, I was probably. I would say 16, 17, somewhere around there. And I, I don't remember what he just talked about there, but it, I just remember just watching Ronnie James Dio going, yeah, it's Dio, you know, and <laughs> Blue Oyster Cult I, I liked back in the day. But I remember the Godzilla. They had a, you know, one of those phony monsters come up on stage <laughs> when they played Godzilla. And it was, uh, it's funny now to relive this interview and hear him say that the two Crews hated one another, yeah. and they had to play the political game. Yeah, I can remember back <laughs> back in the day when when you know we, we'd go to these shows, multiple band shows, and there was never peace around these groups. They were all young and trying to make their mark, and very hmm. competitive against each other. And it was it was always kind of a messy situation. I remember there was you know this this whole kumbaya thing that's happened in the last twenty years <laughs> is not the image I remember happening between these two bands. They were always out trying to trying to outdo each other on stage and mess each other up. I believe it. Yeah, you know, and you think about it. You know, Ronnie James Dio with Black Sabbath, they were trying to establish this new thing. Yeah. You know, they, even though they only put out a couple of records at the time, but at that time it was heaven and hell, and it was huge. Blue Oyster Cult in 1980, 81. They were. Were they still up and comers? Uh, at that not time? A, uh, 80, 81. They were they were at their near their peak. Near I mean, their like, peak? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I can't wait. So they're going to be at the Casey Pigros coming up in yeah. August, and I cannot wait to talk to them about what we're what we're listening yes. to Ronnie James Dio talk about. See if they have the same view. Yeah, you know, and they're also a band from up in the Northeast. So right, that's and that's why, why they, they headlined. Have, that's yeah. why they headlined uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, you know, they're from New York. Right. So there, uh, with this project, guys, um, were you forced to call it heaven and hell, or was there any thought to to saying Black Sabbath featuring Ronnie James Dio? How about that? Well, you know, being that Tony owns the name anyway, God, it wasn't a problem. You know, it wasn't going to be a a, a a political thing. But I think that Tony felt that if it could be that, that it better to allay that problem right off the get go. Uh, plus the fact that they had been touring now for a long time within the Ozfest with uh, uh, with Ozzy. Right. And, of course, uh, then we're elected into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, and, of course, with Ozzy again. Uh-huh. And I think that to them that kind of put a period on that, that part of it. Sure. So this wanted to be a, just a, a bit more of a fresh outlook, uh, just as the songs are, just as we wanted to make the tour be that, that same way. Right. We were going to call the tour Heaven and Hell. Uh, well, the name got adopted a little bit for the band as well, but let's face it, at the end of the day, what do you think they're going to call it? Exactly, exactly. And that's who we are. Ronnie, uh, over the years you have played with some incredible guitar players. Who, I mean, besides the obvious Tony Iommi who you're with now, but who who really stands out in your mind that you really enjoyed being on stage with? Well, I mean, the, the, I played with the two you know, two of the greatest guitar players ever, uh, and that certainly one is Tony and one is Richie Blackmore. Right. Uh, you know, we're talking apples and oranges here. They're completely different players. Tony's riff master. You know, Richie writes some good riffs, too, but Tony is riff master. Right. Um, Richie is you know, an absolute musical genius. You know, Tony is as well, but they're both geniuses in different ways. Sure. Richie is more very, very much inside of the technical aspect of the music and certainly knows all about that. Tony plays from the heart and from the soul, which I like much, much, much more. 
Uh, Richie was more of a challenge to play with live because he knew what he wanted to do, and what he did was very unusual. And, and Richie wanted to run the show, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never heard anything really nice about Richie Blackmore. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you know, the other guys in Deep Purple, Ian Gillen, and they always said, you know, if, if Richie doesn't want it, then it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. So it was hard sometimes for the singer to have to, to adapt to that. I was lucky I never had a problem, which is why we were able to, to coexist for, some, for such a long time. Um, with Tony, it's a lot easier. Um, they're both great to play with. But, you know, I enjoy playing with Viv Campbell, too. That's what I was going to ask you, Bob. Yeah. I enjoy playing with Craig Goldie, another another really great guitar player. Um, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to be around some of them. And, and the, the nice thing is Brian May always comes up, some, up and plays with us, too, when he's in town. So, ah, good. Uh, so Brian will play, too, and he's another one I, I, I enjoy a lot. But, uh, you know, those are the people I play with, and you really can't compare them because they all are so different. If you're that good, you're different. All right. right, I just got to do this. I just sure. got to, just in hearing his voice talk, some of the, the way he talks, you don't necessarily hear his, his singing voice. Mm-hmm. He's able to just transform himself into some other being when mm-hmm. he does it. But I've got to do this. Right. Long live rock and roll. Long live rock and roll. All right. Uh, I had to get that out. Glad you did. Oh, God. Yeah, and but... one more. Uh-oh. I'm the mask of the great deceiver. I'm really glad we have Ronnie still on uh, tape that we can hear his own voice. All right. Well, the uh, Black Sabbath, the Dio Years, comes out on April 3rd. The band is called Heaven and Hell. They start. You start this Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. In Vancouver. And uh, the first set of dates came out for uh, the U.S. St. Louis isn't on them yet, but like I said, you guys are out all year, right? Yes. We're co- well, we're going to do the first run through uh, starting in April. Uh, April and May, and then we have to go to Europe for mostly the uh, the, the festival uh, season at that time. But then we'll be coming back here again uh, to do another another American tour uh, right. after that. So right uh, we'll certainly hit St. Louis. I'm, right. I would I would think so. Well, uh, guys, it was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, good luck with the record. And Vinny, we'd love to talk to you more, but you're just not as interesting. Sorry. The tour, <laughs> and uh, you know, when all this came about, I think everybody it was a very pleasant surprise to see this whole thing come together. So we can't wait to see it. Well, you know, it's, it really is amazing to us. Uh, we are surprised at the re- what the, how, how strong the reaction has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did this because we certainly wanted to do it for, with the joy it would give us to play these songs again. And we knew it would, you know, it would do all right. But, uh, you know, the, the reaction has been uh, stunning. And I think it's just the right yeah. time for us to be doing this again. And, you know, without, without people like you, Guy, you know, we're not going to get this message out. And thank you very much for having me. No problem. Let's, uh, let's uh, play the song that we added last week, The Devil Cried. And in the... In the- Remember, we can't play music. Just get ready. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you weren't paying attention over there. No, I know. You're on your <laughs> phone. In the litany of uh, of those three songs that you wrote, Ron. I was looking up the Elf thing. I don't oh, recognize. I do too. Yeah, I, I, did I don't too. Rec- any, I recognize any of the songs from Elf yeah. that Casey might have played. But I know there was an Elf album in the studio. Mm-hmm. Honey, was this the first one or the second one or the third one? Do you remember? Devil Cry was the third one. Third, first last one. one. was Shadow of the Wind, followed by Ear in the Wall, and this was the third one. Right. Shadow of the Wind. Shadow of the Wall. Shadow well, of great... the Wall. Shadow of the Wall. <laughs> song. Vinny Apiece and Ronnie James Dio. Thanks, guys. Here's uh, Heaven Thank and Hell guys. now. It's KC95. All right. Hey, didn't uh, didn't he like get, was he in a dispute with uh, Gene Simmons over the invention of the devil horn sign? Or... Uh, he, I think Cause... he might have been, because Gene... I think Ronnie was the one that came up with it. And did Gene did just he, try to get the... Um, yeah, but Gene has always put up this sign, yeah. which is the devil horns plus the thumb. But in sign language, that means I love you. Yeah. Okay? This, when you tuck your thumb in and you just have your index finger and your pinky, that's heavy metal. That's rock. That's or whatever. the devil horns. But which, Gene used always, to mean, which used yeah. to mean bullshit. 
Right. And it do you did. remember that? Yes, I do. And that was like a universal sign, at least across the United States of America, for bullshit. And now it's gone. And yeah. I guess because Ronnie stole it for rock and made it a rock thing. I don't I don't really care. I like what he did with it. Yeah, I don't either. But too. Gene with the thumb, though, cracks me up. He still to this day does it. And I was like, oh, I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie James Dio. 2010, yeah. he passed away. So yeah. it's uh, the ninth anniversary, stomach cancer. Yeah, and he went, he went pretty fast. Once he did go really fast. And he was, he was good friends with my, uh, with my buddy uh, Terry Welty, who got us uh, the Geezer Butler interview. You know, he was Geezer's base tech. But, you know, he was out on the road with Heaven and Hell and, and knew Ronnie well and just said he was one of the best guys ever. Yeah, and he was a smart business guy, too. I mean, he, yeah. he took care of his, his stuff. And he just, you know, for a while there was just kind of like setting the standard of heavy metal vocal yep. performances, you know. Yep. You never heard drugs or alcohol being involved with Ronnie James. I'm sure he had his good times because <laughs> considering yeah. who he's played with and, and stuff like that, I'm sure he led a good life. But uh, I don't think that ever became an issue with him. And, you know, most of the time, if you, if you can do that, you'll have a straight clear head and you'll make smart yeah. decisions so it still amazes me the voice that uh, he was able to just yeah. pull out you know yep. it's just i don't know where it came from i know. You know when you hear him speak you just don't he doesn't seem capable of that and he called me guy throughout the entire interview yeah and i, I kind of like that ronnie james How come you don't go by guy favazzo on the radio uh smash start calling me favaz the day after the guns and roses riot you were there i know you don't remember but he said, let's, let us now check in with the mighty Favaz as he has known in parts. Yeah. And yeah. that's what started the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. He always felt like you, you couldn't exist on the radio without a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's kind of right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Thanks uh, for the, another great interview, Favaz. Um, you, you got a ton of them, buddy. And we're going to keep bringing them at you. Yep. Keep bringing them out there because uh, Casey's got 52 years of interviewing history and Favaz has been on a lot of these, as you may or may not have noticed. I got a bunch of them also that are still in the can that we haven't used yet. And then if we wanted to go even further on Casey Tapes, we got interviews that our fellow broadcasters have done over the air that we still have in our eye. Well, let's archives. also not forget, like, our sports uh, people that we've done. Well, you that's know, you've true, You've got Jack too. Buck, and, you know, we both got Brett Hall, and yeah. we, could do, uh, we could do all these. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be fun. All right. We got a long way to go. This yep. was episode... 34 of the Casey Tapes. That's right. I'm John Hewlett. You can follow me on Twitter at STLUman on an Instagram, Johnny Hewlett. Instagram and Twitter, Casey Guy. Facebook, Casey95. Favaz. Adios, my friend. What you got today? You are the mask of the great deceiver. Yes. You're going to hell. <laughs> the Casey Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to KC95.com or the KC mobile app. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.